Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth. Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders. Um, Today we're talking about cloud application management and we're joined by James Smith, Senior Systems Engineer from Morpheus Data and Simon E.D., Senior Consultant from Extrovert. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. So before we start, could you just do a quick introduction of yourselves? James, if you start first. Yeah, sure. So uh, James Smith, as mentioned, I work for uh, Morpheus Data. I'm a systems engineer, so spend my time talking to our customers about their requirements, uh, understanding their needs in the cloud, and positioning the Morpheus solution into those uh, opportunities. Perfect, thank you. Simon? I work as a senior consultant for Extrovert. I've been here for three and a half years. Um, Spent a lot of my time in the VMware stack, more particularly with cloud solutions, such as VRA and so on. Excellent. So James, if we come to you, what is cloud application management? Okay, um, yeah, interesting one this. For those of you sort of uh, follow the industry, there is a terminology cloud application management platform, uh, which ties into PaaS and allowing customers to use cloud-based platforms as a way of delivering applications. Morpheus also refer to cloud application management, but come from it in a slightly different way in that we are looking at the way you can use cloud in its total and deliver applications into it using the right tools and tying into the new technologies that are coming along and rapid development type uh, platforms that allow you to then deliver into a cloud. And for us, a cloud is obviously public cloud, you know, the usual suspects, AWS, Azure, uh, so on and so forth, but also private infrastructure as well. We're seeing more and more customers want to use their private infrastructure as a cloud-based solution because otherwise those are internal IT people are losing out to the public cloud vendors in their own company. Perfect. So what does cloud management refer to and how does it compare to other solutions? Cloud management, again, is one of these things with a very big scope. So uh, you know, what are you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to grab hold of the cloud and manage it and wrestle it into some sort of shape? Or are you trying to make use of that infrastructure as a way of delivering business applications in an agile way and that's really where we come at it from is that these are fantastic infrastructures you know these these public clouds are obviously very capable but also you know Simon mentioned he comes from the sort of a VMware background it's been around for many years now the, the virtualization platform and it allows businesses to deliver infrastructure internally but they've maybe been a little bit controlling which they have to be of course but what they can be is a little bit more agile. And so this cloud application or cloud management platform allows you to use those clouds, as I say, in a more agile way, uh, maybe self-service capability with inside an organization. And in the customers we talk to, this is really a, a driver for looking at a cloud management platform type technology. It's that ability to go, we have this infrastructure, it's here. How do we make it more accessible to the customers inside the business who are the developers who are maybe under pressure to deliver a new business application that delivers a new website or a new customer access system? And the traditional IT infrastructure can often cause those developers to be driven off into public cloud. We're seeing a lot of things referred to as shadow IT where you know, these guys can go out, put their credit card in, and go and grab a bunch of cloud, go and deliver on Azure, go and deliver on Amazon, and can be up and running in a couple of days, whereas they've got to fill in, I think I have heard 17 pages of forms to be filled in, and then several months of process to get a machine delivered inside a, an infrastructure. And so 
what a good cloud management platform should allow the IT department to do is go, well, we can deliver that to you very quickly in a very efficient way, but within the constraints of what we want. So you're using the right applications, you're using the right tools, you conform to all of the you know, criteria that we have in place that we have to do because there are important things that the businesses, you know, for regulatory purposes or just, you know, standardization, you know, with all the new standards coming in on data protection and those sorts of things. Um, companies have to be on top of those things, but they need to try and make their infrastructures more agile. Otherwise, departments will go out and start using these public services that they can do very easily and maybe are then outside of that control. So is that where sort of cloud orchestration comes into the whole cloud management thing as well? Is it is it in quite involved quite heavily there? Yeah, I think so. Because again, if you're going to give somebody the ability to do self-service, you know, again today, they log into Azure, they can very quickly spin up a machine and get it stood up. And that's all done in that cloud platform for you. That's, that's what, how they're designed to be very easy to use. More traditional internal infrastructures aren't maybe quite so easy to do that with. You know, again, I know Simon's done a lot of work with the tools in this space for some of the enterprise solutions out there. And you know, they, they can be difficult, they can take time to get stood up, get running, and can be sort of a little bit difficult to use once they're available. So if you're gonna make that sort of process available, I think the, the, the cloud management platform needs to be very simple to use. It needs to be, from both sides, it needs to be very easy to set up able to connect to a wide range of infrastructure and, and pull resources from it, but then make it a very easy process to actually go in and say, I need a new machine, I need a Windows server, I need an application server, I need a database server. And this, you know, the easier that is for the user to do that, the more likely they are to use it. It's like anything in life. You, know, you make it easy to use, they're going to use it as the way forward. That's cool. So you just mentioned the word platform there a couple of times. Obviously, everyone knows the term platform as a service. Mm-hmm. Are you coming from the same angle? Or is it, or is this, is there a bit of confusion on, on, <laughs> on the two approaches? Yeah. So uh, you know, there's lots of as's, isn't there, mm-hmm. uh, out there? I think that's the right way to say it. Am I, 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 so, yeah. I, I, I going to get, get, get bleeped on the, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> podcast on here? Uh, so there's, you know, there's, yeah, there's platform as a service. There's infrastructure as a service. For me, the key differentiator is that you know, infrastructure as a service can be any infrastructure for us. For, for Morpheus, we look at anything, as I said earlier, any, any sort of hypervisor to me is an infrastructure that I can use and I can then deliver applications onto very easily. Platform as a service, I think, gets a little bit more specific because it's you know the tools like um, Azure Database as a service. The you know it's a natural. In effect, the whole machine is there, ready to go. You just need to put your code on there and start using it. I think the challenge for me, and and we do support that as a, as an organisation, we can deliver you know databases as a service on Azure and, and and other public clouds as well. Um, I personally tend to think that drives people more towards the public cloud usage. Yes, you can do it internally and maybe have a big SQL server that you could then provision a, a database into. But the other thing that again I personally get a little bit concerned about is then the the getting tied into those platforms that you're running on. You know, once I start delivering a database on a platform as a service, I'm on that database, I'm on that platform. That's sort of potentially a very tied in solution. You know, that my data is in there, how do I get it out? I know the costs go up or I don't want to do it that way anymore or something, you know, untoward happens to that service, it becomes unreliable, I can't use it anymore. How do I get my data out of it? I have less control would be my my view on that. Simon, have you got any other views on that at all? 
a lot of businesses that I've dealt with, they, they, they want to be able to deliver quickly. So my experience mostly has been that they want to deliver stuff internally for either their developers or any other stakeholders, and they want to be able to do it quicker, mostly because they found that some of these guys have gone outside, you know, they, they're using their credit cards and so on. So they want to try and add a bit of control to that. But what they're realizing is they need to be more agile and they need to be able to deliver all these services that AWS or Azure or Google or anybody else that's offering in that space in a much, much quicker way. P people are seeing all these options and, uh, you know, they need to be able to get a uh, faster time to market. They need high availability. They need greater scalability. They also want to be able to have the pick of clouds. That, that's what I've been seeing a lot of. Perfect. So are they some of the industry trends you're sort of seeing driving that adoption of cloud application management? From Coming from a consultancy world, do you see anything else? Interesting you talk about trends. I mean, I was doing quite a bit of research on this recently because, you know, of, of doing more work in this space myself. And what I was finding out was a lot of the key benefits that people were getting, certainly in the last couple of years, was faster access to infrastructure. So allowing people to to get and use stuff quicker rather than going through lots of onerous processes, the ability to scale faster. So, you know, oh, I need, you know, let's say you, your application is on one VM, but you need to scale it out quicker. You can do that, you know, by, by just clicking on a button and, and it's away. Of course, you've got benefits like high availability. So you have higher resilience. Then coming back to sort of the business drivers, like faster time to market, which of course then, you know, at the end of the day, businesses have to make money. So if you can react to your market, much, much faster. That's a huge plus. And, you know, the board is going to be loving you for that. Interestingly, what, what I was reading and seeing is things like there's moves from CapEx to OpEx. So that they, you know, cost savings while they are there, they're not necessarily the highest driver behind it. Although those are benefits that you get, you know, you, you can now predict stuff a bit easier because of this. So yeah, those are some of the things I've been seeing. Okay, so is, is some of this drive towards cloud application management because of businesses' demands to move to the cloud? Yeah, certainly a lot of the customers I've been dealing with, they are having to react because other people have already reacted. So, you know, again, it's like somebody, you know, dev team has taken a credit card to AWS or, or Azure because they absolutely needed that level of flexibility and mm -hmm. the IT team just weren't ready for it or geared for it. What we're finding now is a lot of these teams are, are catching up you know, the whole DevOps thing and, and this revolution that's going on in a good way for businesses is that the ops teams are then able to provision and, and give services to their internal teams and customers, if that's the case, where they can have access and do stuff very quickly, so very agile. That's, again, something I've been seeing. That's perfect. So, James, if we come back to you with the next question, so who are the key players within this space? <laughs> <laughs> or, or in other words, your competitors? <laughs> Well, rather than name names, <laughs> no, it, the, you know, and that, that that's a valid question because you know, as this space develops and matures, you know, yeah, what are the competitors, and is that a product? Is it a set of products? Is it a set of vendors? Is it a set of philosophies? You know, definitely, you could deem a competitor the cloud, a, a, one of the you know, AWS, Azure, Google. They'll convince you that you should do everything in them that you don't need anything else. And you know, the scope of solutions available in those public clouds are vast. And you know, there are companies that run their whole business in Azure. You know, one of the funniest meetings I've done for a while was I went to see, a, early days of Morpheus, I went to see a customer and 
guy ran past the window we were waiting outside to go in and he he came eventually came to the door and said oh sorry guys there's some building going next door they've gone through and powered down the data center it's just like oh we'll we'll go we'll come back oh no no no, it's all right it's only a couple of file servers everything else is in azure the whole business is in azure uh, and they've migrated up there over a, a period of a few months. They're only a small business, but actually they're a, a, an online marketing company that, that use Azure extensively. So that, you know, once you're in a, a single portfolio like that, what else do you need? You know, competitive to more, you know, is there a place for Morpheus? Well, actually, yeah, I'd say there is. There is still because we can provide a, perhaps a, a simpler, easier front end. What, where I think the real power is, is when you're doing it across multiple clouds. And like I say, for me, a cloud is the internal infrastructure. And you know, Simon, you know, talking about VMware, you know, there are, you know, a majority of enterprises out there are running VMware or Hyper-V. You know, they have that great investment, as Simon says, moving from CapEx to OpEx and things. You know, they've already got the investment. Maybe they're looking at cloud as some additional capability. Well then, you know, having a tool that can orchestrate across both private cloud and public cloud becomes very, very beneficial grabbing hold of costs, understanding your costs. Where is it maybe cheaper to do that piece of work? Maybe if I have got a dev team, is it cheaper for me to give them a bunch of compute on AWS than let them use our internal infrastructure, even though it's there, it's a sunk cost. Uh, maybe that's where I want to run my production for data purposes. That's, you know, PCI compliance and GDPR or whatever they're at, you know, the, the new acronyms are, need to be sitting internally. But yeah, there's a there's a number of uh, vendors out there. Some of the, the big players, you know, you see with you know VMware and AWS getting together and producing their sort of uh, solutions. Microsoft are obviously very strong. HP have tools. So you know a lot of those big vendors are out there. And then there's companies like Morpheus that are coming along from a completely agnostic point of view and going, you know what, we've got no tie into any one of these, we can actually make them all work equally well and provide a very valuable solution across whatever platform you want to. And that's our sort of approach to the market. Perfect. So that, that brings us on nicely to the next question, actually. So if we consider both cloud and cloud applications, why are organisations benefiting from a management solution? Yeah, well, I think Simon hinted it, and you know, I, I know I've touched on it already as well, but it's that we're seeing, a, I think, a shift away, and hopefully Simon will agree with me here, <laughs> we're seeing a shift away from maybe those more big monolithic apps that I think traditionally companies have, have used or been forced to use. And you know, licensing, I think you've got to look at all the costs, and licensing for some of these big applications is huge. You know, Meanwhile, there are a lot of ways of delivering very capable solutions out there, and you know, we're seeing more and more businesses, which is great for us, we're seeing more and more businesses um, go down the route of DevOps, trying to be more agile, do some more development, maybe make smaller, more focused little applications that do a particular thing, maybe go and grab some data from somewhere and do some data mining, some data analytics, rather than having a big monolithic tool that's trying to run their whole business in one piece. And that, that's the sort of thing that we are seeing and is driving. And like I say, for, for us, we're, we're seeing more of this DevOps play. We're seeing people become more agile and also think more agile about how they're using infrastructure. We have a, a customer that, you know, one of our great success stories who started a project to roll out some infrastructure and they went at it with the traditional methodologies and they planned for an 18-month rollout. That's how long it was going to take them to do it. Uh, they happened to be, have been using Morpheus. One of the Morpheus guys got hold of the what needed to be rolled out, did some work on it, and delivered it in three weeks. Now that's a massive difference to a project to a company. You know, they've gone from an 18-month planned rollout over across a, a global infrastructure to three weeks. 
So I think there's a change of mindset. Cloud's driving that, mentioned it already, credit card, I can do this, bang, I don't have to worry about them. That's one mindset change. DevOps change, and then this agile thinking process, and you know, people using agile development processes in, inside their organizations, I think is becoming much more prevalent. So Simon, if we come to you for the next question, what are the key steps for adopting a cloud management solution? Oh, <laughs> many. Um, I, I think it comes down to, most importantly, business-wise, it has to be driven by the business. You know, why do you need what you need? Because that's going to dictate what kind of solution you're going to go for. There are lots of solutions. I mean, if you were to type in cloud management platform or cloud application management, you'll get lots of lists and some of it will be confusing and some of it won't be clear. So you need to be absolutely certain why you're doing what you're doing. So if if the key driver, for instance, is just keeping control of costs or or centralizing it, well, then there are lots of solutions and then you you start leading into, well, how fast you need to be able to do it. A good example of this, and as James was speaking earlier, one of the great strengths to Morpheus is its speed to, to bring it up and get it running and, and doing stuff. That's one of Morpheus's key strengths, aside from its flexibility and other bits and pieces. There are other platform solutions that are perhaps a bit bigger, take a little bit longer. They have their own strengths. So key steps for adopting a cloud solution. It comes down to business drivers, um, but not just business. There'll be internal drivers about advancing what you already have. So if you've already got to the stage where, you know, a typical enterprise has vSphere and they, they perhaps they want to utilize that more in an agile way, well, then you've got things like the obvious choice of VRA or any other options. You, you've also got, you know, you might have sprawl. You might have lots of different cloud solutions, different people using different things where you need to be able to not just control it from a management point of view, but secure it, tie down costs. Those are key drivers. I think that will summarize it for now. Yeah, that's perfect, yeah. Uh, James, do you agree with those? Are they yeah. the other key steps? Yeah, I mean, key steps. I think, as, as you know, the business, I think there's got to be a desire to do it you know, within the organization, both from the IT team who want to deliver to the business, but then the business have got to tie into that change of philosophy as well. So, you know, there's got to be an acceptance of doing this type of thing, particularly if you're going to go to public cloud, the business has got to accept that there are benefits to to moving outside. And some, in fact, you've also then got to have the business accept that maybe the public cloud isn't the total solution. You know, again, it's a bit like, well, I've been, you know, I've been reading in the newspaper, you know, you just imagine the, the CEO going, well, I've, what, we should be all in the cloud, you know, and I, I, we've come up against a, a few of those, but, you know, there's got to be the, the ability to look at this in a, in a strategic way, understand where the benefits are and what the, uh, the best way to approach for that particular business are. I think then there's a case of understanding what you've got, you know, work out the the location of everything you've got, again, with people who've got sprawl. You know, Simon mentioned the word there, sprawl. We've already seen people start to spread out. So getting hold of that, getting management on top of that, um, understanding what there is, understanding their costs, analyzing it, seeing are the workloads in the correct places, and then start to sort of optimize the delivery of then the new components and that type of thing. I mean, the other thing I, you know, I also, it's a little personal bugbear is around the world of then people start, well, I wanna move from cloud to cloud. I, if, it, if it's cheaper at night, I want it running on there. And if it's cheaper in the morning, I want it running over here. I think people have also got to accept that that's probably not today going to be the way of doing it. But having said that, you know, again, with the right tools and the right thought processes, you can not go to that extreme, but start to use that. And contain, we're seeing containerization growing 
faster than I thought it would personally. I thought it's one of those, you know, come along, we've seen it before type things, but actually containerization is, is, is a very agile way of developing and delivering. And so having a standardized containerized management across all of your cloud platform as well can be very powerful. But I think, yeah, for cloud adoption, there's, there are a number of steps. There's got to be the business has got to buy into it. The IT infrastructure team have got to understand the benefits of doing it and how they can, it really can help them. Putting policy and governance around it so that it's not chaos and, and driving you know, standards. Um, and then making it as easy to use as possible. You know, if you put another layer of complexity in there, you, you know, again, drive up costs, um, drive low, lower adoption, um, and then you know looping around. It's the usual thing that you then got to loop around and carry on. Are we doing this in the right place? Are we spending money in the right way type thing? Excellent. So how do you see organizations leverage that cloud management? What are they doing compared to previous? The primary one for me is self-service. Internal self-service is, is a, and for me, is a very quick win for a company, you know, move away from, you know, IT is a blocker to getting things done or the IT infrastructure team is a blocker to getting things done too. Actually, they're really enabling. I uh, did a meeting recently with a customer and a guy came in who, he sat down and I wasn't quite sure who he was. I was meeting with the team that use our products. And he just said, I had one of the best meetings I've ever had in my IT career yesterday with one of my customers because we're delivering their infrastructure through Morpheus and it's all working and they're getting what they want from it. And it, for them, it's been a massive success story. They've gone from being an infrastructure team that were often caused and, and called out for, for blocking to suddenly being absolutely delivering everything that they promised when they promise it and made it really, really easy for all of the business units to make use of it. And they're actually doing it in a very, because then the next step is, I, I know in my head, I'm always thinking of GUIs, that's where I think. But of course, we're getting into DevOps, we're getting into infrastructure as code. Is, is, a, is a big thing these days. And you know the ability to have a standardized API across all of your infrastructure. So I want to deploy into VMware today, I want to deploy into Azure tomorrow, I want to deploy into uh, AWS the next day, having a standard API that allows you to do that is a very powerful thing. So the companies that we're seeing really do this successfully are grabbing hold of this, grabbing hold of the, the whole process of doing cloud management pulling all of their infrastructures into one place, like say putting the governance around it and then making the tools available to their internal teams. Perfect. Simon, do you see the same thing um, from a consultancy point of view? Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm going to sort of swing off on a slight angle, but one of the things um, going going back to, you know, why people adopting it and, uh, you know, the why, what, where, um, there's lots of noise about cloud. And I think for CIOs and CTOs who will probably be very well versed on it by now, um, the, the trends are, whether people like it or not, based on just research that I've seen and done, things like hybrid cloud are a reality. It might not be a direction that people intended to go or plan to go, but because of investment and all this stuff with private cloud, that actually directs how people are adopting it. So lots of people still have their private cloud or private clouds um, but they want to utilize the public cloud for all the benefits that that gives. Therefore, that will direct <clears throat> and affect how you adopt cloud, your cloud management solution. Um, so, you know, having phrases like, you know, I want to be able to burst into the cloud when we need to scale out quickly without having to have huge capex costs, you know, th those are the kinds of things that, that aren't going away. They seem to be a trend and no, you're not uncool 
if you have a private cloud, which um, what I've observed is, uh, you know, a lot of the the noise that you get is like, well, well, you know, why haven't you taken all of your stuff into the cloud? I said, well, because it's not practical or many other business drivers, security reasons, whatever it might be. So th those are also uh, important reasons around the, the the choice of your cloud management platform, your your, your adoption, uh, how you do it, where you do it, you know, utilizing your the resources that you have and the skills already in the business, so that actually keeps costs at a sensible and manageable level and a predictable level. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I know James, you mentioned the term DevOps a minute ago. Um, <laughs> it's quite a broad term. It can mean various things, yeah. but I, I guess is is that behind a lot of sort of push to, to, for organizations to go to this cloud management? Yeah, it's definitely the, the area that we see as a, a driver for this. Now that's, you know, is that cause or effect? You know, I, I don't know whether it's people that are going down DevOps, go and search on Google and find Morpheus and we talk to them more or it's just we, there are more places out there. But I think it's becoming a more common trend inside the organizations and you know devops is definitely a drive let's say that the, the whole point of it is that the companies can be more agile in delivering their own applications and, and solutions for the, the businesses to use and if devops is going to work they've got to have a way of controlling the infrastructure where they're delivering into it's sort of the, it's the, the hand and the glove type thing and i think it's that move towards that that is driving the adoption of tools like Morpheus, the, the cloud management. Yeah, you know, again, you go, going back to the competitive piece, well, you know, the, yes, there are products that are maybe exactly like Morpheus, but there are also a whole bunch of tools out there that have already started to gain acceptance by organizations trying to get hold of infrastructure because they've got developers using it. You know, the, the, the um, deployment tools and um, tools allowing you to standardize on configurations, that type of thing, you know, the salts, the chefs, the puppets, you know, they're, they're they're out there, very powerful, very easy to use. If you know how to use them, like anything, you know, um, you know, the skill sets are out there to to, to, to use those and deploy those, um, and that can be used in a, in a DevOps uh, world. But yeah, definitely for us, it's that the adoption of DevOps, and then you know, the nice thing is there's then steps of, you know. Is our infrastructure ready for DevOps? No, we need to make this change, right? So now we can be more, we can start our migration to or a move towards the DevOps world. And then there's a next step. And basically there's a ladder of maturity of infrastructure versus then the people using it, which then drives another level of maturity where to eventually what we'll see is, I think one day we'll start seeing people where the underlying deployment infrastructure, where the stuff is running sort of is almost irrelevant. It's the application, I need a database, I need a web server, I've got to move data from here to here. Is that running on a private infrastructure? Is that running on a public infrastructure? Which public infrastructure? Possibly that starts to become a sort of an irrelevance. I think, particularly in the public space, I think that there'll be a, a move more. There are, I think, certain things that work very well in certain clouds. And again, you know, rather than have somebody be wholly in one cloud, I think we'll probably see them have bits in different clouds because that's a better database engine type infrastructure. This is a better transactional based infrastructure um, and maybe offers a, offers a lower level of compute. And again, the DevOps will allow you to really make use of that. And you know, the, with the, the continuous you know, integrations, continuous development type capabilities to drive out change very rapidly, fix problems very rapidly. Again, you know, I've 
I've seen people talk about, you know, they have applications that they had built years ago and if they found a problem, it took them three to six months to fix. Now they're down into the three to six hours, days type thing because they identified a problem, it's very modular, fix that problem, that piece, minimum impact and everything else, make that change, push it up, go live, continuous, you know, continuous pipeline development and suddenly you've got a, that patch is fixed, so much more agile. The infrastructure's got to support that as mm-hmm. well. Perfect. Um, so. so I guess I guess the aim of cloud management is to sort of give teams and developers that freedom to sort of do what they're used to, and like you said, sign up a credit card, that kind of flexibility, but also keep it under control and and keep it locked down like IT teams like. So what is Morpheus doing then within the cloud management space, um, and how does your offering compare to other solutions available? Yeah. So. You know, Morpheus come at it this from a slightly different angle. We've, we've come at it from a very agnostic point of view. So without going too much into the history of where the company comes from, but the challenge our developers had was they were managing multiple infrastructures already as part of a, another business. So they ended up writing, because they're actually a, a, an active DevOps environment. They, they actually um, practice what we preach. Uh, and they'd written a bunch of tools that allowed them to interact with all these different infrastructures some were on vmware some on hyper-v some were already in the public cloud and they'd written tools to go and grab hold of what was out there what the infrastructure is what's running in there already so get that sort of okay let's understand what's out there then start to allow them to manage that in a more optimal way move things around and so on and so forth and then part of the the business is that they write applications for the businesses that are underneath them and develop them and deploy them out into those infrastructure so they then wrote deployment tools and that's actually where morpheus came from so it was an active devops house that was deploying into all these different infrastructures and they wrote morpheus so we sort of come at it from a slightly different angle to a lot of the other tools in the market which i think have come out you know VMware is a really great tool, but it's really difficult to deploy into. Let's write a deployment tool for VMware. Oh, now we could do that for AWS. Let's let's do that. And those ones, I think, get a little bit sort of tied down into the infrastructure they've come from. They've got to then try and reinvent that for everything that they do. Whereas we came at it, it as, this is what we want to do. We don't care what the platform is underneath. We want to provide the same capability, be that public cloud, be that private cloud. So I think that's a, a strength of Morpheus. Um, and what we've also done um, is we've added in other capability, which isn't always sort of obvious um, for these, but you know, we provide a monitoring tool, but it's not an infrastructure monitoring tool. I'm not going to monitor AWS. I'm not going to monitor is, is, is Google data stores performing correctly. But what I can monitor is are the applications performing correctly that I've deployed. So we have an application monitor built in, which will go and check if I deploy a web server, is the web app available? Is it returning the responses that I expect it to and check that on a regular basis? Is the database there? Is that deploying and, and, and respond, responding to queries? And then if it's an application stack made up of multiple components, are they all there? So we have that built into it. So that understanding, is everything working? Is it optimal? Is built into Morpheus. And we also, um, you know, one of the other tools that you know developers like to use is log files. It's becoming you know very popular to do log analysis, but also just understanding and capturing the log files into a central place that I can go and troubleshoot very quickly. So Morpheus has a log aggregation engine built in for everything we deploy, regardless of what cloud or whether it's a VM or a container. I think that's another important thing to point out about Morpheus. We're fully containerized already, so I don't care if it's a VM you're deploying or a container, a Docker container. We orchestrate both 
and we actually provide VMware capability to containers, container capability to VMware, which I think is pretty unique um, to, the, to the business. Um, and then the final thing, we also uh, provide backup as well. So again, you know, I'm out there, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some work, I'm making some changes, um, something goes wrong, of course, you know, how do I get back to that point in time? Well, Morpheus has uh, backup built in, again, supported across all the clouds that we orchestrate onto, so a single backup tool. Now, you know, it's not a, gonna replace your enterprise backup for your, for your large databases and things like that, you know, your, your enterprise applications, but for your developers, what we talked about, DevOps space, um, you know, it's very much a tool of, of you know, that, that provides great capability. And Restore, I, Simon knows me actually from a, from a backup background, and uh, you know, for me, Restore, unless you backup is pointless and you should recover from it. And so self-service backup um, and back self-service recovery is, is built into Morpheus. But I think the key thing that we do then is make that provisioning into that infrastructure very, very easy, uh, be it a single VM, and again, under the control, so the IT team design, decide what's going to get deployed, what version of Windows, what service packs does it have applied, uh, what version of CentOS, is it hardened, and then build on that and make it into an application. So I want an app server, I want a Tomcat server. Well, don't build a CentOS box and put Tomcat on it. Give, you, give yourself Tomcat and deploy that. And again, you can standardize that same code base across any cloud that you're running on, rather than going and using the Azure Tomcat and then using the AWS or trying to deploy it into VMware. And then on top of that sort of, uh, <laughs> to, to, is, and you know, I've touched on it a few times, is the management piece, is that, right, what have we got? What have we got out there? So um, in the latest releases of our product, doing a little, little bit of a product pitch here, um, we've introduced a whole range of optimization tools so we can go and look at all of the instances so be VMs or containers and say right how are they being used are they uh, have they got too much memory associated with them can I change the plan and we can show you how much you would save by reducing the machines or indeed there are machines that you need to increase the size so it's very much about the optimization piece and again going back to the business level you go and show somebody that they can save £10,000 a month by reducing the size of half a dozen machines, which is very realistic, um, you know, that's a, a great value add uh, right there. So, yeah, and that's very much, as I said, that's where I think one of the directions of cloud will go is it's managing the cost will be an important thing, as well as providing the really cool tools to do all this wonderful, great work. I think it's gonna be, um, managing the cost is gonna be something that's gonna become more and more, more and more important. Excellent, sounds like you guys cover well, most things really. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, and 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 you know what I like to what what one of the great things for me. I'm a techie. I mentioned uh, I'm a pre-sales engineer. For me, you know, most people find us by doing a search on Google. They bring us up. They go, yeah, we'd like a demo, and you can hear it in their voice. Yeah, yeah, we've been looking at this, and yeah, we got. And by the end of a 20-minute demo, they're going, oh my god, didn't know that was possible. Uh, and and for me, that's uh, as a, as an engineer, it's it's great because yeah, the the breadth, the, the scope of what we can do is 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 substantial. Yeah, that is awesome. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, perfect. So I know you've touched on a few of these, especially around the applications. But where do you see cloud application management heading? <laughs> and Simon, you can chime in here as well. Yeah, whenever. go on, go on yeah, Simon. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know where I need to go and get the next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you touched on it perfectly, James, actually. The, the right kinds of tools and tools like Morpheus uh, and so on, you know, it, it, it should reach a point where whatever tool you're using, 
for your cloud management or cloud application management, it, it shouldn't really be a huge worry. You, you just say, I want this span up. It needs to be X, Y, and Z. You know, you give it a criteria list. And because you everything is set up just right, it, you, you shouldn't have to worry where it lives because because you've set up your your platform and all your rules that, that suit your business. It might be in Google or it might be in your private cloud. It might be in AWS. It doesn't matter. It should be invisible as to where it lives from the point of view. You're utilizing all this wonderful framework and all these available resources. The trends, that, that's the direction we're going where it should just, it doesn't matter. You know, that the tool's just there. Developer doesn't care. He just wants it up and running so he can do his piece in the puzzle. And the future trends, one of the sort of the holy grails is to be able to seamlessly move um, an application or a VM or whatever you want to call it from AWS to Google or mm -hmm. somewhere else. You know, just, I want to move that there. I don't want to have to pull it down and then migrate it here. I want to be able to just go dunk and job done. Those are the kinds of things I've seen people trying to achieve now. Or, yeah. Awesome. That'd be good to see. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. You know, and I think you know things that have got to happen and are happening. But you know, often the challenges with doing this type of thing, you know, moving things around from cloud is, is networking. Um, you know, getting the networking right, managing the networking. I think that's still a challenge. It, you know, there are great tools out there, but again, it's a how big is your toolkit? Uh, how many things do you invest in? So I think you know networking has got to really come along with this whole journey. I know there are products out there trying to aim for that, but I think as well as the you know going right back again to some of the earlier conversations around you know cloud adoption, who's going to drive it? I think the business has got to have control of it. Can't just go right there. You go, Mr. Developer. You've got access to everything. There you go. So you've got to understand you know your costs involved, making sure that you know you're not spinning up crazy amounts of infrastructure out of control. You know, bringing that in. And understanding that on possibly you know getting down to almost like you today would run your infrastructure understanding where your networking is what your storage queues are your IOPS your latency that type of thing you know you want to know well where where are we spending money right now the charts in your knock might start changing from being traffic and 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 CPU utilization to pence per minute type uh, utility type thing and you know have we over provisioned can we scale back a bit can we bring things down or do we need more capacity somewhere and can we get again this you know Simon mentioned it at the burst you know right yep we need more capacity let's go again personal bugbear the whole Black Friday thing you know is, is has become you know good old Amazon introducing even a sales day into the UK um, a sales trend but you know the the idea that you you'll have these big amounts of compute whereas years ago you had to plan years in advance you know how many of us have worked sizing infrastructures where well, you don't size for day to day you had to size for that event in you know the month end right what's what's the month end run or what's your, your heaviest workload that's what you had to size your storage for your compute for companies aren't going to have to worry about that anymore but they still have to worry about the cost you know we, right we know there's a burst coming up where are we going to put that burst where are we going to spend that money so I think that'll be the, the drive again move from the capex to the opex it's the daily costs, right? What are we spend the money on. So I think that would be a, a trend as well. Perfect, thank you. That's um, that's definitely opened my eyes. So it'd be quite an interesting space to watch. I think. Mm. Excellent. Thank you, guys. I think that's us done for today. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Find out more and listen to additional episodes on Cloud Insiders FM. Follow us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders. 
and subscribe on iTunes. See you soon.